Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Not great. No, what's up with you? (laughs) I don't know. It's just been one of those weeks. A, I had to be the one to send a I just want to be friends text. Oh, no. I know. It was bad. But you didn't. you, You didn't string them along. No, I was a good, uh, you know, it was good. It was good in the long run. Yeah. But still, I hate it. Yeah, the tables have turned. And I've said this before. My trainer, who I work out with, uh, wants me to do this juice cleanse that's like not a juice cleanse. Another way to say that is my trainer (laughs) wants to stab me in the heart with three (laughs) knives at once. He does. Yeah, I highly do not recommend this. Yeah, I don't support it. (laughs) (laughs) I Neither do I. Nobody follow my example. This is... Not, I'm not saying this for so that, yeah, I don't even want moral support. <laughs> Good, <laughs> you ain't getting it here. <laughs> what about you? Oh, oh, also having a great week where I went to therapy and I was like, yeah, I mean, there are these like three people who I really want to reach out to because I wronged them like 10 years ago and I'm feeling really bad about it. And I just want to like apologize, <laughs> even though I think that we've already like made amends. And she was like, yeah, you know what? This is, I was like, I don't know what. She was like, depression. And I was like, cool. <laughs> great. So we're doing awesome. Yeah. Well, you know that's what? what this pod is for. Yeah. We get here, we bitch, we feel a little bit better afterwards. So let's get into it. Let's do it. We're going to kick things off this week, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the worst news of the week. And after that, we are diving deep into daylight savings time. And yes, I'm saying savings and not saving time. And if you have a problem with that, you you, you can fall back 
on this dick. Whoa. Oh, 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 oh you know what? Oh, you, you can spring forward into this fist. Whoa. <laughs> and finally, we've got the hilarious musical genius that is Rachel Winitsky. She is an actor, writer, and singer. Her band is Friends Who Folk. We talk about all of that and so much more. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week first. A woman is suing a New Jersey country club. I didn't even know that existed. A country club in New Jersey? For whom? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a woman is suing a New Jersey country club for $30,000 after a country club waiter allegedly spilled red wine over her very expensive Hermes Birkin bag. Wow. Yeah. I once spilled lemonade on a woman at the falafel place I worked at in uh, in Bloomington, Indiana. So I really feel for this waiter. Yeah. Very similar experiences. You owe her $30,000. Mm-hmm. That dress was probably like $10. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The lawsuit claims that the Alpine Country Club in New Jersey should be responsible for the mishap uh, because of their negligence in hiring the klutzy waiter. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like Maybe they should pay for the dry cleaning, you know? I don't think you can dry clean a, a You can dry clean Birkin anything. Bag. I actually don't understand what dry cleaning is. Me neither. Cool. I just know sometimes I see them and they have like those carousels. They're so fun. And the clothes go round and round. When I was little, my mom would take my dad's dry cleaning to the dry cleaners. Sometimes I'd go with her and I would like go behind with the lady and she'd let me fill out the little slip. Oh, I loved her. I... I don't think I've ever personally had anything dry cleaned. I've never. I don't think I have. I've also never ironed anything. So <laughs> how is that possible? I just never, uh, never do. I don't know. I iron everything I wear. I admire that underwear. Wow. Well, that's why I have a number of burns, including this scar oh that God. still hasn't healed. It's huge. <laughs> yeah, it turns out I just have a scar on my arm that it won't go away. This has been here. I think that's what a scar is. That's been there for about five months. Wow. So it's permanent. Yeah, that's a permanent scar there, bud. <laughs> in my defense, it was after I'd finished ironing and I put the iron away and it's in a closet where I had to reach for something. And I, uh, yeah, I didn't realize that my arm was resting on the iron for several <laughs> seconds. <laughs> also, it's not in your defense. Don't put it away when it's scorching hot. <laughs> I have nowhere. It's New York. Leave I've, it out for 10 more minutes. I'm pretty sure it was within 10 minutes. Anyway, this woman got wine spilled on her Hermes Birkin bag. I didn't actually know a Birkin bag was Hermes. I don't know what a Birkin bag is. A Birkin bag is like one of the most famous, like expensive designer bags. And they do cost like tens of thousands of dollars. <sighs> okay, well, maybe she should order white wine next time. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't want to be so risky. Or like, I don't know. I've never owned an item that costs more than like 20 bucks. Um <laughs> But, yeah, like, when you're carrying around a designer item like that that is that expensive, do you not have it insured for stuff like that? Do you not have it in a plastic bag like it's furniture (laughs) at your grandma's house? Yeah. I mean, I guess it did say um, the particular bag had, like, 18-karat white gold and diamond, like, hardware on it, which doesn't seem like it would be harmed by wine. 
that's me editorializing, but I'm just <laughs> saying. Um, my favorite part of this, so I guess the woman tried to like reach a settlement with the country club and, and the club's insurance company was like, no. Because <laughs> they were like skeptical that the bag cost that much. And the woman's lawyer, these are direct quotes. He said, it's sort of like a rich person problem. They couldn't comprehend that a bag could be that much. They kind of discriminated against her that she actually owned that type of bag. <laughs> yes, that is discrimination. The true victims of society are the 1%. <laughs> Uh, also, if you're spending that much on lawyers to sue this country club, guess what? You can buy Just another bag. buy another fucking bag. Whoever the waiter was, uh, yeah. Another... He's dead now. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he is dead. This is literally a plot line in succession, BT-dubs. Um, yeah, but then the lawyer was also like, whoever the waiter was proceeded to pour red wine and didn't stop, poured it all over her husband and poured it all over a very expensive Hermes bag. So I don't, I don't know if there was more happening here. It seems like if you're going to go to any type of food establishment in New Jersey, you should prepare to get spilled on. (laughs) I'm just saying. Like, you should prepare, um, for a waiter to like get pissed at you. I don't honestly, yeah. Welcome to the resistance, country club waiter. (laughs) Next, police are searching for a man who walked into a bank in Nebraska and attempted to open a checking account with a fake $1 million bill. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing, yeah, nothing like just discreetly trying to open up a, a fraudulent checking account. With just a smooth $100 million or $1 million bill. Okay, okay. But like if you had a $1 million bill, where would you think to put that? Obviously, under my mattress. Okay. In my freezer. (laughs) In my sock at all times. Well, you know. That would get soggy in there. You know how I treat my loose money. Yeah, in your pocket with no wallet. (laughs) ridiculous and upsetting open up any receptacle in my apartment and there's just money in there that I forgot about I know (laughs) this isn't an invitation to rob you (laughs) it's just I'm never used to carrying like actual cash and so and yet there's always cash around you I feel like if I have a five dollar bill or ten dollar bill I like throw it in a drawer and then yeah anyway my address is (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the Lincoln Journal Star, the local newspaper, reports that bank employees say the man was adamant that the bill was real, despite the teller's attempts to convince him otherwise. (laughs) I like how the bank tellers had to be like, this $1 million bill is fake. I bet he like sold it. Like he's basically Jack from, you know, Jack and the Giant Beanstalk. He thinks he's got magical beans. And And who are we to tell him he doesn't? Maybe he does. Right. Uh, Money is fake. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's all made up anyway, guys. Money is Tinkerbell. And we all, (laughs) it's only because we all believe in it that it even exists. So, like, if I believe that that $1 million bill exists, that man is rich. Boom. Next. The Federal Aviation Administration says a mysterious object that fell from the sky and damaged a man's mobile home in Kentucky didn't come from an airplane, and they don't know what it is. So, that's good. Aliens. <laughs> Why does this shit always happen in, like, Kentucky? Big skies, you know? That's Texas. It's always, like, a, a 
a mobile home in Kentucky that this happens in. <laughs> Why? Because there's more space for the aliens to land. I guess if not we as many see, buildings. Like, right. More a pile secrecy. of junk crashes through your window in New York. It's never it's not it's news. It's you know, also it's like hitting like a hundred homes. Right. I just assume it's like a corpse and yeah. I move on with my life. You just keep going. Um yeah. The man says that a heavy, nearly foot long canister type object hit his home, but the FAA as well as the National Guard and the nearby military base have all denied that it came from them. I don't know. Convenient. Convenient. Remember when the government, like, two months ago was like, by the way, aliens are real. And then we just moved right along <laughs> past that. We're just like, oh, cool, cool, chill. Yeah. Bye. And we're like, by the way, here's plenty of footage of a bunch of flying objects that we just have no idea what they are. <laughs> it was news for, like, one day and barely that. Mm-hmm. So. What do uh, you think it is? The canister? Yeah. You know those things where you, like, open up a can of peanuts and a snake comes out of it? Yeah. I bet it's that. Oh, shit. But, like, aliens. Whoa. Right. Next! Police say a funeral in eastern Germany ended on a a high when several mourners were accidentally served marijuana-laced chocolate cake. Yeah. That's going to be my funeral. (laughs) Just (laughs) accidentally lacing everybody's desserts yeah (laughs) so local police say that the funeral party went to a local restaurant for coffee and cake after um a burial i guess that's tradition in germany i feel like there's a lot of you go to a luncheon after a funeral sure uh and 13 people experienced nausea and dizziness and needed medical treatment um Apparently, an investigation revealed that the restaurant employee in charge of the cakes asked her 18-year-old daughter to bake them, and then the mother accidentally took the wrong cake from the freezer to the funeral. Noise. Which one is it? You asked your daughter to make it, or you took the wrong one? It sounds sounds fishy to me. Now the police say that the 18-year-old is under investigation. It also happened in August, but wasn't published out of respect for the mourners. <laughs> I like that they've just been sitting on it. They're like, oh, we're going to take this story wide. Right, right. How long is the funeral embargo on not reporting this story? And finally, a Cape Town woman, only in South Africa, whose six-year marriage fell apart when her husband told her he was gay, is suing him for the equivalent of $600,000 in damages. Oh, no. Because of the emotional pain and psychological trauma of being his beard. (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, I guess... Except, no, that's not how it works. No. I guess she was like, he knew he was gay and still misrepresented himself to her that he was straight and he wished to marry her so that they could have mar- or they could have children in a heterosexual monogamous marriage. Luckily, uh, the judge was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, also because I guess the wife hired a like super expensive lawyer. Um, and then was trying to like get a whole bunch of money to help pay for that. And her entire court case referenced all of these things like his internet searches, um, his very private and personal communications between him and his priest. <laughs> she just went in. And the judge was like, this is way too much. And not only am I not going to grant your case, I'm going to make you pay for his lawyer also. Oh, damn. Um, Is he single? 
I don't know. It's a, I really would have loved more details on um, the husband's yeah. coming out. Maybe like a picture, right. maybe like his phone number, what dating apps does he use? Yeah. Would he be open to like a long distance relationship between South Africa and America? I don't know. And if, my, if she was suing him for that much money, you know he's got it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we are turning up the bitchin' on turning back the clocks. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. All right, so it's the first week of November, and this past weekend was the beginning or the end of daylight savings time. I don't know. I can never fucking remember which part of the year is technically when it starts or when it ends. But the point is, it's got me fucked up. I love fall as much as the next pregnant squirrel, okay? But I cannot stand for the day ending at 4.30 p.m., Because guess what, ladies? In this house, we have what? Seasonal depression. Which means what? Every time I see a cloud, my brain fails to produce enough serotonin to get me out of bed. So today, we're diving deep into the end of DST. AKA, why I'm about to get cranky as fuck for the next three months. I, let's just clarify that I don't know what time it is during the entirety of this deep time. <laughs> I don't know if it is actually... I think... Okay. Should clarify. Technically, Daylight Savings Time starts in March and ends in November, which doesn't make any fucking sense. So this is now... We're out of Daylight Savings Time. So it's just what? Time? Right. First! When the fuck am I supposed to eat dinner during Daylight Savings Time? By the way, this deep dive is also about um, the angle of the earth. Okay, fantastic. (laughs) Mostly this is about how it gets dark way too early in Mm -hmm. the fall and winter. Mm -hmm. And my brain doesn't know what the hell is going on. Or when to eat. Yeah, when when am I supposed to have dinner? I'm used to eating a nice, delicious meal around sunset and then taking a, a luxurious walk while while with a waffle cone full of mint chocolate chip gelato. Well, that sounds lovely. And now what am I supposed to do? I just have to eat the senior citizen special at 4 p.m. and then continue to be awake for eight more hours? Not having another meal? No! My body has no idea what's happening or when I should be eating. Also, fall has got me hungry. I'm, like, constantly hungry in the fall. I I don't know if it's the, like, hibernating animal mentality. That's 100%. Like, I just want to stuff my face with everything. You're a little squirrel. Just yeah. trying to hide all the food so you can eat it later. Next! Anything planned after 5 p.m. during the fall is, like, unacceptable. <laughs> What, you expect me to go out of my house when it's fully dark outside? Do I need to bring a flashlight? How am I supposed to find my way there when it's dark outside? Come on. I, I, oh, I was supposed to use my my phone the whole way? It just out? Just, just drain out the battery? <sighs> no, I did go on a date the other night that was at 9.30 p.m. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> for dinner? Or just for drinks? No, technically I, it was just for like a drink, yeah. Oh, it's so late. And then, oh, fuck, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, I was a little bit like, all right, I don't know what you're expecting at 9.30 p.m., but um, yeah, I'm going to have a drink and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was fun. I was just like, by the time I was like, it's been dark for like four hours by the time this has started. And I want to be asleep. Anyway, I'm super fun to date. <laughs> Everybody should should sign up for a slot. Also, fall is when all the greatest fashions come out. And you, you how are you supposed to even see me? <laughs> when it's because it, all of it, it's gonna be dark all of the time. You can't see any of my chunky scarves or my multiple colored. I'm really embracing the colored denim jacket situation. Ooh. I've been wearing a nice a nice amber one. Yeah, really? I'd say that's like a burgundy. Yeah. But you can't see it in the dark. No. If I'm walking around at night, that could be anything. This could be lime green. God forbid. Also, I'm expected to wake up in the morning when it's still midnight outside. Yeah, I know that happened today. I could barely walk to get coffee when it's fully bright outside. And now I have to stumble my way to Starbies when it's fully dark? No. Although it's probably for the best. I think I've only seen um, old men pissing on the street in the morning on my way to... Oh, that's nice. It's a little cover for that. Right. So I guess it shields my innocence a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was walking... I guess it was at night, but I was walking back to my apartment... And there was, I, I'm i sure it was a homeless man, but he was peeing into like a, a sewer grate. Mm-hmm. But instead of like facing the building, he was just fully facing the public. <laughs> and by the public, I mean me, because it was <laughs> just me on the sidewalk. And I was very upset. I think I'd made it that long without actually seeing a homeless man's dick. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had that experience. Uh, that was the first. Wow. Congrats. Thank you so much. I'm Thank really you. happy for you. Truly, I cannot I cannot stand waking up in the morning and having to like turn on a light. No. It just it it makes me feel like I'm going to the airport. My therapist was like, "You should get one of those lights that like mimic sunlight." And she, I was mine like, "Mine also Fuck told me you. that this week." <laughs> I was like, "I have lamps." Yeah, I don't like I know it's not the sun. <laughs> You can't trick me. <laughs> I, she literally said the same thing to me this week. And I was like, oh, I actually have these really nice lights that I can like schedule to turn on when it starts to get dark out. And she was like, I think these are like special rays. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> are you getting commission on these lights? Oh my God, maybe they are. <laughs> Ugh, it's all a scam. Next! I have to just remember to turn on the lights at night so I'm not just sitting in the dark all of a sudden with nothing but the dull glow of my iPhone to light up my face. The number of times from like this month forward where around 5 p.m. I'm just sitting in the complete darkness (laughs) staring at an iPhone is every night, every night. At the office, it's even worse because then you turn the lights on and everyone's like, oh, why'd you do that? And it's like, because we can't see anything, guys. I forgot most people are at an office at 5 p.m. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You're just a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> yeah. And now it does fuck because I, I got these lights that um, when I come home to my apartment at a certain after a sunset, they automatically are supposed to turn on. Mm. Um, but yeah, if I'm there and I often am, they don't just turn on. I need to figure out how to set that. Or you know what else you can do? Just turn them on. Yeah. (laughs) Especially now that like all of my lights are attached to, I don't want to say her name because then it'll wake her up. Uh, Alexa. No. No. Also, my circadian rhythm is what? (laughs) Fucked. I don't even know what a circadian rhythm is. I just know. (laughs) It's like your sleep rhythm, your sleep pattern. That's never been normal. 
and it fucks it up. That one hour, it's like being on an airplane for a month. It's not at all. It's not. <laughs> it just like truly, isn't there some study that they did? I don't know. Again, this is not, <laughs> this is not a scientific podcast. Nothing I say has been vetted by any type of academic. <laughs> I am a doctor though. Okay, sure. There was some study that they did of people where they just kept them in, like, complete darkness or something or with no access to, like, at the time. Or is am I thinking of, like, uh, torture? <laughs> I think it actually is. There's, some, there's some, something to the fact that, like, you need to know our bodies are in tune with the sun. This has been Science with Man. Anyway, yeah, I'm just tired constantly during the fall and winter because my body doesn't know what fucking time it is. Mm-mm. And it's constantly preparing for sleepy time. Also, how am I supposed to take a quality Instagram without proper daylight? Oh, you just want me to use synthetic lighting Mm-mm. for this for this photo shoot in this economy? No! Plus, I don't know when uh, to drink my third venti coffee of the day. Because it's starting to get dark out and it's like, I can't have another coffee because then I'm going to be up all night. But it's only like 3 p.m. So you can have two more. Yeah, I have time for two full more coffees. I Also, I feel like I need more coffee in the winter just to stay awake. It's because, a sick cycle. Oh, uh, that's why. Yeah. Daylight savings time. Sponsored by Starbucks. Oh, a vast conspiracy. conspiracy. Starbucks and the other one. Ugh. Caribou coffee? Yes. <laughs> um, also, this is your point. Um, vampires come out earlier. <laughs> we have to deal with them for so much longer. Now I have to look at fucking Edward's twinkly face for, for, for three more hours in a day. It's dangerous walking around. It is absurd how much shorter they are. It's, we're not talking like two hours. We're talking like five hours that the day is shorter. Yeah. In summer, the longest day doesn't get dark until 9.30. Could you imagine? And now it gets dark at 4.30. And finally, my productivity is down to zero during this time of the year. You expect me to get anything done with only three hours of sunlight? No! That's one hour to wake up, one hour to shower and get dressed, and one hour to eat. And then I'm done. I'm done. Back to bed. Back to bed. Pillow is going to get oily and disgusting by itself. That's the other thing I don't get. How do people just have like white sheets? Oh, you don't. Anyway, if you're listening daylight savings time or not daylight savings time, you could suck my dick because I hate the time change and I hate how it gets dark earlier and my brain doesn't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know when to eat and I don't know when to sleep and I don't want to do anything. So everybody just leave me the fuck alone for the rest of the goddamn season and I'll see you in the summertime when the sun comes out again. Thank you so much and good night. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Rachel Winitsky in the studio after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Get easy, seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. If you're like, ugh, I don't know what to do for dinner. Well, guess what? 
HelloFresh has over 20 seasonal, chef-curated recipes each week, so you'll break right out of that dinner rut. HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality, regardless of your comfort in the kitchen. Personally, I love dipping into their calorie-smart options, because I've been working on my fig figure. Making the apricot ginger chicken with roasted green beans and jasmine rice was simple, quick, and tasty. And for a limited time only, get nine free meals with HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash unhappy9 and enter unhappy9. That's HelloFresh.com slash unhappy9 and code unhappy9. It's the number nine, which is how many free meals you're going to get. Today's episode is also brought to you by Mercari. Do you have a bunch of stuff lying around the house that you just don't use? Shoes that you missed the return deadline on? An old phone hiding in some drawer? Well, Mercari is an app you can use to sell all this stuff, and they make it fast and easy to sell almost anything. Here's how it works. You just take a few pics of your stuff, add a description, and boom, your item is listed. Then, once it's sold, Mercari emails you a shipping label and you send it off. That means there's no meetups with strangers and no hassles. With Mercari, you can sell everything from fashion to electronics and toys to sporting goods. Over 100,000 items get listed on Mercari every day. The app has over 500,000 reviews on the App Store with an average 4.8 star rating. So why not give it a try? Don't let that stuff you don't use go to waste. Sell it, ship it, and get paid with Mercari. You can find Mercari on the app stores or on Mercari.com. That's M-E-R-C-A-R-I. Mercari, the selling app. My guest complainer today is comedian writer Rachel Winitsky. She's written for SNL, Reductress. She's currently at The Tonight Show. She's head writer of the Story Pirates podcast. And finally, she's one half of the musical comedy duo Friends Who Folk. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we like to start off by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Mm -hmm. Which I've been panicking about for (laughs) weeks. This question, it turns out, is the answer. I don't know why I like have other people come on and been like, I don't I love everything. Yeah, I think uh, I mean, eventually (laughs) we arrive at something. Okay, so. I feel like there are things that I like that I didn't get into that everybody else got into. Yeah. But it's I don't hold a lot of like scathing unpopular opinions. Like I'm definitely not the unpopular opinions gal, especially because I unironically love a lot of like absolute garbage. (laughs) Like I love like TV shows that people are like, okay, only our aunts watch that like NCIS and like criminal minds. And like I unironically love that stuff. So it's like. (laughs) And, like, when stuff is critically acclaimed, I'm usually like, yeah, that seems right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which maybe makes me not a particularly, like, good critic. <laughs> maybe I just have trash. Taste. I mean, like, if if the premise of this question is yeah. to imply trash that taste. I in any way have sophisticated taste, <laughs> absolutely not. Because I am right there with you. I often feel like, yeah, sometimes... I wish I had, you know, just one opinion that was maybe out there, but... Right, yeah. But I, okay, but for example, I feel like 
everybody, especially working in comedy, like people love The Office. Yeah. And I just have never watched it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But I I don't accept that. I don't hate it. I'm not. And I've seen like a couple episodes and I'm not like, oh, everybody loves this. But me, I hate it. And like, I'm going to. Yeah. Really shit on The Office. I like it. I just like. Right. I didn't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's almost. It's, it's, it's too late. It's kind of like it's too late. It yeah. is. It's and we're like. Past. We're very nearly at the like. The Office is canceled. Like. <laughs> we can't. Right. Because we've finally reached that with Friends. Mm-hmm. Where now it's like. Oh you like Friends? Like, well I and guess I'm like that with friends. Yeah, yeah exactly. I guess you're just like. A mad, you just like want to sort of dip into a world. That's a hundred percent white. Right. <laughs> it is so weird watching that show now. But that's another thing where, like, people loved Friends and I just, like, didn't watch it. Right, right. I was a Will and Grace gal. Yeah. I will accept never having really seen The Office as a satisfying answer. Okay, good. Because yeah. the only other thing really I could think about was that as... I hate sand. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone out there is like, I, I fucking sand. love sand. But people, like, love the beach and I'm yeah. like, I actually would it's rather, like, I'd I rather sit, like, on sand. a maybe cement patio yeah. near the beach. Right. Also, if you bring any type of like material to help you stay mm-hmm. away from the sand, it's like that gets absolutely fucked with sand. Exactly. And then Everything just, gets fucked with sand. Yeah. Every orifice is just stuffed. Exactly. So in in thinking about what I was going to talk about, I was like, okay, well, I guess it's the office or sand. <laughs> <laughs> I, those are both great. So what what is your background? Like, where, where did you mm. grow up? Or were you always like a more of a theater person? Mm-hmm. Well, so I'm from New Jersey. Okay. My um, apologies. <laughs> where are you from? I am from outside of Chicago. Okay. So I'm a Midwestern. Where boy. are you? Yeah. Oh, I lived in Chicago for 10 months. Yeah. Very famously. <laughs> and then like grabbed a suitcase and like came running back to New York. Yeah. Um, It's way more livable there. Oh, yeah. I We would all be so much happier if we moved there. We would. Except I was there during the polar vortex and it was, it's. Fascinating how like truly my whole life shut down because it was single <laughs> yeah. digits cold every night and it was like, oh, I'm just never going to leave my apartment. Right. But my apartment was huge. <laughs> right. And cost like 40 bucks. <laughs> you could very well just not leave and still be happy <laughs> 40 and bucks. get exercise. I know. It's really, it's amazing how much more livable Chicago is, but yeah. it's not I, New York. Right. It'll never be. <laughs> yeah. But, well, so did yeah, you go there for school or just like life? I followed a boy. Oh, to okay. Chicago. School or just like life? Then got married and then got married to him yeah (laughs) and then he followed me back here and then we got married and we're still together um but yeah he my husband at the time worked out i thought thought at first you were just joking no 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 i really (laughs) did marry him (laughs) that's good news i feel like i whenever i hear people being like yeah i moved somewhere for a a boy it's i'm always like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry you did that except it worked out it was actually like this weird very quintessential new york thing where so we had been we had been together for like a year and a half. We met at the end of college and then he got a job in New York writing for The Onion and went there and it was this really cool job and I was like babysitting in New York and I lived in this apartment on the Upper East Side and one day we just get this notice that's like your lease is up at the end of your lease and then you have to leave the building because we are bulldozing it to put up luxury condos. Right, classic. <laughs> it was so weird and then people like Everyone had to just vacate the building when their lease was up. So, like, slowly the building was, like, emptying out. And it was just, like, 
it was so New York. Like the whole block of buildings is just gone now. Yeah. So my building was about to be raised. So I was like, I'm going to do something totally drastic and move to Chicago with my to live with my boyfriend uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like 23 or whatever which now seems crazy but at the time was like this makes sense <laughs> and I went for 10 months and I did like Second City and stuff yeah. and then I lo- I do love Chicago but going from New York to Chicago felt like not the right move so I came back right, right. been here ever since <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I now mean, I'm 24 uh, uh, right yeah mm-hmm. this is all very it was very really recent, recent. Uh, I uh, th- this is gonna sound like I'm disparaging the Midwest um so <laughs> but it's <sucked. laughs> that yeah. intentional no it does feel more natural it because it is like crazier here right. on the East Coast it feels more natural to come from the Midwest to the East Coast yes. than the other way around yes and obviously like if my dream was to like have a good life I would go back to Chicago <laughs> yeah. every time I'm home there I'm like I could kill it here like yeah. I would absolutely you like, would yeah uh so okay you grew up in New Jersey yes uh and <laughs> went to school had a great time yeah I went to NYU which is very chic yeah I went to school for theater <laughs> I have a VFA in drama classic <laughs> were you always more of like a writer or performer both I always wanted to be an actor and I like didn't know that writing was a job. Yeah. Like I always wrote, I was always writing sketches and like I like loved I loved like Monty Python and I loved old like old sketch shows. I love and I loved like Mr. Show and I loved the old Upright Citizens Brigade sketch show and I was always writing little sketches, but I literally didn't know that writing was like a job you could do until yeah. very late in college when I met someone who told me that she was at the School for Dramatic Writing, and her focus was half-hour comedies. And I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing? I don't know why. It, like, I obviously knew there were writers, but I, like, I don't know why it took me so long to realize that you could study TV writing and, like, write yeah. on television. Like, I don't know what I thought. I don't know how I thought TV shows got written. No, I was the same way. I still am like, <laughs> I, I don't TV really understand right. what is happening here. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I... What were you like? What were the shows that you watched growing up? Not Friends, clearly. Not Friends, but I really did love Will and Grace. Yeah. And now I watch it, and it's Friends, I clearly. can't like. <laughs> I it's hard for me to watch it now because it's such like a dated style, and I kind of need it to just be like preserved in my memory. Right. Like I understand why people liked Friends so much, but when people watch reruns now and are like, "When I'm in a bad mood, I just put on Friends." I'm like, <laughs> don't you want it to just like stay in your memory as this pristine thing? And, like now, when I rewatch old stuff like that. It makes me, like, kind of cringe. Yeah. I, like, said this once, uh, the place I used to work, and they, like, thought I was joking. But the show that my family always watched growing Mm -hmm. up was Everybody Loves Raymond. So that was, like, my formative TV show. Oh, wow. (laughs) And they were like, are you fucking kidding me? But it's, it's, like, (laughs) one of those shows that's in syndication. It's, like, always on. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge show. (laughs) Did you like it? Yeah. I mean, I'm also, my family is like, everybody loves Raymond. It's like, we came that like overbearing Italian Mm, type, mm -hmm. like there's plastic on the furniture, you can't sit down. Like, yeah, it's all, it's all That's you. I feel like that show is like, I mean, every, I I haven't seen a lot of it, but it's the same as Will and Grace. Like when I watch it, it's like, oh yeah, there is a reason the show is so popular. Like it's super relatable. The jokes are great. Someone, a friend of mine who's a photographer once said, 
that he couldn't watch the show because it was all shades of brown. <laughs> like the whole show is brown, like brown yeah. furniture and brown. And now for some reason, every time I think about it, I'm like, yeah, the right. show's very, it's just all brown. <laughs> it is. It really is. But also like that was our house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like everything is just weirdly My pale. house is very brown too. Yeah. Or we always have... <laughs> My my dad's side is like the real Italian side, mm-hmm. and we all—I don't know if this is like an Italian thing, an Italian and Chicago thing—but we always had a room that like none of us were allowed to go in, oh. not even on holidays. Wow, yeah. It was like the furniture was like the nicest furniture we owned, but mm-hmm. like nobody no ever sat it. on it. Yeah, it was like maybe if someone was getting married, we could take pictures right. in there, but. Mm-hmm. That was it. Any type of show uh, where they actually like, they have a scene where there's like, oh, it's a cocktail party mm. and people are like in one room and then they're <laughs> invited into the other room. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who? Who has multiple who rooms? Has the space for this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, let's all, why don't we walk into the dining room or like, let's retire to the lounge? Yeah. I, I'm trying to get more into, like, cooking. and mm. all, I mean, I've been binging The Great British Bake Off. Haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that feels like more of a specific, even though it is a very popular show. Yeah. Uh, it feels more specific of a genre. Yeah. I will say reality TV is something, I again, I don't hate it. Yeah. But it is so popular and so many people watch all sorts of reality TV, including like baking competitions and stuff. And I just do not watch it. Yeah. And it, it really takes me out of a lot of conversation. <laughs> I think that is probably one of the few that I do watch. Sometimes The Bachelor, but I never really stick to it. Yeah. It's I've always... seen like one episode ever of The Bachelor. Yeah. I don't know. There was like a dark weekend last year where I watched, I binged all of The Masked Singer, (laughs) (laughs) which is just like the most depressing thing you could binge watch. Are you watching this new season? Absolutely not. Oh, my God. I watched the first episode and I I actually enjoyed it of of last season. I haven't seen any of the new season, but I just like it. That show to me feels like the end of civilization. (laughs) Yeah. it's Doesn't it? It feels like the show in a, a like novella about a dystopian world where like this is where they're competing and then the loser gets shot i have said this exact thing where i've been like if they (laughs) describe the show at the beginning they're like and at the end of this episode we unmask the singer and then take him out back (laughs) and everyone watches while they get murdered like it really feels so dystopian also someone told me just like the production of it mm-hmm. when they're when they have the audience in the room but because they don't want the audience to then leave and like say who the singer was oh they do the unmasking with no audience and then just what? cut it together and so they just have to tell the audience like act surprised oh my for god no one. <laughs> and then they cut it together wait i can't believe that uh, I mean, it's very likely not true. But no, I, I, it pro- no, it, it probably is because they're the, that stuff is always like really protected. Yeah, because like God forbid someone knows wow. who, who the egg protected. is before right, the rest of us. Right. I always feel like when you watch like um, you know SNL or like Late Night or any show that has like live music mm-hmm. and the bands are playing and like they'll hit a cool note and everyone will be like, yeah, it's like so funny to imagine. Like that's such a manufactured thing that right. like people don't do at concerts no. unless it's like real. I mean, sometimes if it's someone who's like belting out a note, people will respond. But it is very like 
it's funny to like be in an audience and be told when you're supposed to like celebrate something. Right, right. Yeah. How so how long have you worked for the Tonight Show? I just started. I've been there for through almost three months, two, okay, half, okay. two and a half months, three months. Huh? Fresh, fresh. Fresh. Yeah. So you were saying before, we were, you were talking about One Direction at, mm-hmm. at a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I could I could tell you every time that they've been on The, the Tonight Show. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. I feel like Jimmy Fallon and Harry Styles have like a weird relationship. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, and by weird relationship, I mean they have a relationship. <laughs> so, you know, I, I know of that. Yeah. And yeah, they I guess they've been on SNL a bunch. So yeah, they, you know. I think they're cool. I like them. It's <laughs> I like One Direction. I would be let really the record show. I'm let not the record like pointing show. a gun at you no. to make you say that. Um no, I I do like them. I do. No, I I would be really excited if they came on the show while I was there. Just yeah. Getting to see music there is definitely like one of the coolest parts of the job right right which is like most uh, almost every show every show does yeah. have a music yeah act, unless right? there's like a stand-up right that, right that uh that does that slot i mean it's there's so much music and it's cool like we've had really cool people like carol king came mm-hmm. and recorded and like i went and watched her like sound check and stuff and it was i just kept being like oh this is like literally carol king and she right. was like eh, it's too late <laughs> it was like oh this is like so cool that i'm getting to see this yeah and i would be equally excited for one direction <laughs> <laughs> thank you that is they where are the i was same. hoping that was going <laughs> uh also uh friends who folk mm-hmm. is that sort of your main kind of like when you're S- performing live <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. How much do you make <laughs> annually? When you're performing, yeah. is it mainly as friends who folk? Yes. Yeah. I like don't do stand up. I can't do stand up. It's too scary. But I love to perform with friends who folk. So uh, for people who don't know, mm-hmm. who are who am I? Friends who folk. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So we're a comedy folk duo. It's myself. And my comedy folk partner, um, <laughs> Ned Risley. Uh-huh. We met doing theater. We both, like, unironically love folk music. Mm-hmm. And I love doing musical comedy and, like, wanted an excuse to sing. And we started writing it together. And it just was, like, a very easy collaboration. And we have been doing it for a few years now. And we just, like, write uh, folk songs that are all comedy songs. And right. we perform them. How, I mean, I guess like you'd always kind of been a musically inclined person. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do musicals because, uh-huh. again, like I didn't know that there were other jobs in entertainment. I just like went to see Broadway <laughs> shows as a kid because uh-huh. I lived an hour away from the city. And it was always this like really special thing that my family was like going in to see Les Mis or whatever. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do when I grow up is like be in the chorus of Les Mis. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I love that your aspiration was yeah. the chorus. I really do remember being like, I would give anything to just like be in the chorus of Les Mis. <laughs> and I love Les Mis. I it's it's like the that show is the reason why I became why I like wanted to be an actor. Uh-huh. It's such a weird origin story, but <laughs> that is I got bit by the Les Mis right, right. bug and now here we are. Um it's just Russell Crowe. I mean, <laughs> he's the one. Russell Crowe. <laughs> yes, to be clear, it was the film version yeah. of Blame Is that really means Specifically it was Russell Anne Crow. Hathaway's star turn as right. uh, Fontaine. But yeah, I just like loved musicals so much and like loved singing and was always like singing songs in my living, sorry, family room, right. and, <laughs> singing songs in the den. Like I just was, I just loved, I loved it. And then 
I, I started doing like comedy and stuff and there was just less space to sing. And right. that was my way of being like, oh, I'm going to keep singing. Yeah. It does feel like uh, there are far more people now who are doing music and comedy yes. together. But yeah, there's so much music comedy now. It's really, I think it's really exciting. It used to be like, I had a mu- I was on a music sketch group called Pop Roulette many years ago with uh, Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang and Sudi Green and Amanda Sheckman. Who else was on it? I need feel like I need to say everybody. Tascara <laughs> and Doug Widick, and it was the best group. And we always I feel like when we would do other shows, like actual stand ups and sketch groups would sort of be like these guys with their like music gimmick. Right. And now I feel like there's so much music that pe- like everyone is accepting it more yeah yeah i yeah i think i feel way less pressure now because i think that there's so many different types of comedy so it's not like oh unless you're doing this one specific thing which is standing there with the microphone you're not a real comic and it's like yeah exactly like there used it used to be like oh if you're not doing that you're like alt right and now i feel like we have realized that it's not alt to just like break the form. Right. It's just another form. <laughs> like, yeah. And I'm so happy for that. It's so funny. Like when I've like taught a workshop or like, you know, dealt with younger comedians and I'll say like, what are, who are your favorite people? And they'll be like, John Early, like people who, you know, not so long ago were considered like weird alt comics. And right. now it's like, that's the people that the new generation is looking up to. And I think that's fucking cool. Yeah. No, I agree. That was me. It was I was the child in the workshop. <laughs> <laughs> and that child was you. <laughs> okay, we're going to move to a segment we call Elaborate, which is okay. um, some of your tweets in which you express your perhaps dislike. <laughs> um, I don't think you necessarily use the word hate. Um, this is just the part where I read your tweets back at you okay, and ask great. for an explanation, which okay, is great. often uncomfortable because people don't like their tweets being read. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> But yeah, you genuinely don't use the word hate all that much. Yeah. Um, Well, it's so funny because I feel like I'm a really negative person (laughs) a lot of the time. But also, I love everything. (laughs) But I'll spin it as um, things that you hate. Okay, Uh, great. Because this one is when I'm meeting a friend and they're like, I'm on the south side of the street. I'm like, actually, fuck you. I'm not Magellan. I'm not Magellan. (laughs) (laughs) But this is like, it's so funny, though, because this reflects back on me mostly i'm just terrible at directions i think i've gotten way better but also if my phone didn't exist i would be absolutely dead oh yeah like natural selection would have wiped me out yeah a decade ago there's no way everyone people are like oh the sun rises in this direction it's like that doesn't help me i can't be better (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm so bad at directions i sometimes think there's something wrong with me And when people give like really when people give directions in that way where they're like northwest I'm like on the northwest corner I'm right. like just tell me you're like standing outside of a Starbucks yeah yeah because I just cannot tell like sometimes I will I'll like walk somewhere and then but then if I try to think back uh, like oh what did that walk look like uh-huh. my brain will just be blank right. <laughs> Like nothing, like I just teleported there. Yeah, it's highway hypnosis, but on your feet. Yeah, it's really bad. I really, I really have no sense of direction. Yeah, I was the same way. I've gotten fancy now and I like refuse to take the train and will take Ubers. 
and, mm. uh, and I'm just running myself into debt. But I, I <laughs> feel like, like this my, is how I learned the city. <laughs> I do think my sense of direction has gotten better being help. above ground. It definitely helps. There is a weird thing in New York where, like, I could, I could for a while barely tell you where Brooklyn was, like, relative to Manhattan, because right. you're just like, you go underground and then you <laughs> emerge and you're in a new place. And your phone, like, if you're following phone directions, you're like looking at your phone. Yeah. But But either way, I think the best part is when you give someone directions and like they start to leave and you realize you gave them absolutely the wrong directions. Oh, yeah. uh, The number of times I've I've absolutely sent a family of tourists to like in the wrong way, the wrong way, just very confidently. (laughs) You're going this way. I sometimes have like sometimes like on my own train line that I take every single day. Someone will be like, does this stop at this place? And I'll be like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just I am just visiting. Like, I'll just say that I don't no, because I'm so afraid to send people to the wrong place. Yeah. My instinct also is like the second someone opens their mouth to say anything, I'm like, no, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Sorry, no. <laughs> I can't. I don't have any. <laughs> I don't want a free haircut or whatever. Okay, another one. We talk a lot about cat people and dog people, but we aren't talking about bird people. And I think we're letting them get away with a lot of weird shit. This is true. Yeah. I, um, I used to work with a bird girl. <laughs> <laughs> and she... She fucking loved her bird. Yeah, bird people love their birds. Here's the thing. I tweeted that because it's true. And I had recently come across some bird people. And bird people always want to show you their birds. (laughs) They're not going to have a bird and not show you their bird. Well, and I think what's, like, really wild about bird people is that birds are, like, really, from what I understand, they're, like, really difficult pets. They're Uh kind of like cats, though, where, like, You'll, like, love them, and then suddenly they'll, like, peck out your eye or something, and you're (laughs) just like, oh, my bird, they'll scratch you. They're also, like, not cuddly, so I, like, have a hard time, like, getting it. But then here's what happened. All these people started responding to that tweet with pictures of their birds, and I was like, I love your birds. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, send me more pictures of your birds. (laughs) Now you live in an aviary. (laughs) Yeah. And and since then, I have collected upwards of 100 birds. Right. Yeah. My uh, my grandpa had a bird. um, So I do I do come from bird people. (laughs) You come from bird stock. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I mean, you. I, I think he last had a bird when I was probably pretty little. And so I think I mostly grew out of it. Would he walk around with it on his shoulder? I think he let it loose. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was like constantly on his shoulder, like pirate right. style. But I, I think it was, yeah. People love to like walk around with their birds on their shoulders, though. Yeah. That, Which I mean, like, I'm not, I don't want to disparage anybody right. for loving their pet, but also. Like, I am like that about dogs. So I like understand. Yeah. It is so. just like we. There really is so much about dog. Dog. I'm a dog person. I'm a cat person. But like, there is. There are bird people out there, and we need to respect that. <laughs> well, now we've now we've said respect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was not what the tweet said. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll end on this one just because I just read it and I love it. A woman <laughs> just tried cutting in front of me in a bathroom line by saying that her stomach really hurt. Can't even fathom the level of self-assurance required <laughs> to tell a stranger you need to shit before them. <laughs> she Icon. was iconic. Yeah. <laughs> people got, I think people got mad at me. They were like, you don't understand what it's like to like what have you diseases or like, that? and I was like, no, I like have full respect for this woman. It's not, it. I definitely <laughs> am not like. So this is not disparaging the woman. You're just No, I think iconic. it was cool. I mean, I guess a part of me was like, she's lying um, because she just wants to go first. But 
I don't know, like sometimes you just really have to take a shit. Right. And I thought it was great that she was like, I'm going to take my shit first. <laughs> she, Yeah, she was very forthright about it. Yeah. At that point, I mean, like pretty much all like social niceties leave the room when you're standing in line at a bathroom. Right. It's just like we all know what's about to happen in here and it's ungodly. <laughs> <laughs> and we just have to respect each other and know that like nothing is normal here. I know. It is kind of funny that what she was essentially saying is like, I'm going to take a big old shit and then you're going to have to come in here. <laughs> yeah. Right. It has to be before <laughs> It has you to be before to you take it. like a quick pee. Yeah. Any type of line though, I'm just like, I don't. Yeah, like, no, we came in an order. We did. I know. And I, like, am such a rule follower, too, that yeah. I definitely, like, I'm an absolute monster on, like, subways and planes and stuff. Like, I just think, like, there's etiquette. We should yeah. all stick to it. But I wish I had said I did let her go, which I don't think was the wrong decision. But I do wish I had just been, like, oh, actually, like, I have to shit more. <laughs> So <laughs> there's no way to tell. It's like comparing childbirth and like getting kicked in the balls. Right. Fam- the famous, famous comparison. The famous comparison right. that we all know and love. It's like who is to say that my my oh my god, I'm gonna shit myself is, is the worse. same level as yours. Exactly. That's what I'll have, say if it ever happens again. We all have different barometers for I'm gonna shit myself. Yeah. One person's I'm going to shit myself is the other person's I can wait till I get home. <laughs> Honestly, that, that is a perfect line to end on, I think. <laughs> Before we let you go, where can people find you and your work? Well, I guess on Twitter, where I am pretty positive, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, it, but in a great, hilarious way. <laughs> and Friends of Oak performs at Union Hall, mm-hmm. sort of Every other month slash like whenever we feel like it. <laughs> right. Okay. So sort of, you know, follow that schedule. And um and yeah, I work on the Story Pirates podcast. Tell me, because I was reading about it. I hadn't heard it before and yeah. I'm obsessed with uh the idea of Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't come up with the idea, but I will take credit for it. <laughs> I yeah, it's the be- it's my favorite thing and it's like the thing that brings me deep joy in my life it's just it's a podcast for kids and families but I genuinely think that adults would enjoy it and always encourage uh everyone to listen it's we get submissions from kids they submit stories to us they're like the funniest weirdest stories you've ever heard right and then we put like a lot of time and energy and money uh adapting them into these like really fully realized radio sketches and songs and then we perform them on the podcast nice and it's really cool because kids are so much funnier than we could ever dream of being right yeah but there's just like no logic to anything a child says so yeah right they're geniuses <laughs> uh well thank you so much thank you and this we'll was so fun please do i'll yeah. i'll think of more things to hate before i come back <laughs> yes, i'm gonna please. start really trying to hate stuff right right if you if anything happens after this i think it's that you should hate more things thank you for saying that and i will work on that this is good <laughs> constructive criticism <laughs> Good. 
All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier, starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? I've been catching up on The Good Place. I've fallen very behind on this latest season. Wow. And I really, you haven't even <laughs> finished up this last season. So don't True. give me that. Um, yeah, I'm not like... I love that show so much and I'm going to continue to love it and it's the final season so of course I'm going to watch it but it's not what it was okay or, but at the same time it's exactly what it was and that's why it's not as fun like mm-hmm. they just keep doing a lot of the same things over and over again but I still love all those characters and will watch them do anything so that's what I'm watching um I also watched a movie that I would just like to talk about for a hot sec and that's a movie that a lot of people know about it's been around for a long time the internet really took over it for a while too but I had never seen it um and that movie is a uh, face-off with Nick Cage <laughs> and John Travolta and let me tell you, have you seen it? I remember seeing it as a kid and like being terrified of we it. We need to rewatch it because I actually, I was extremely tired and jet lagged. So I fell asleep before the end of the movie. Um, but I, so I need to, I need to finish it and we should a hundred percent watch it together because wow, is that a great movie? It's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah. I loved it. That's why I have no desire to watch no, it. No, it's so fun, though. Okay. It's so fun to watch it. There's there's a scene where Nick Cage is playing John Travolta, playing Nick Cage, and he's on drugs, and he goes, I have to go wee-wee in the little boy's room. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. And I'm just like, what is this? Oh, it's a great film. Um, so those are the things I watched this week. What about you? Great. I did not watch Face Off. Oh. Um, I've been catching up on a couple of things. One, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel that oh, yeah? I never finished. And yeah, I love it. I, sh- I should finish the season. Yeah, I, I I started the second season. I liked the first season a lot. Started the second season. Never ended up finishing it. Um, yeah, there's a really hot um, camp counselor guard guy. Oh, that's important. <laughs> also, Laura Dreyfus of uh, oh. Unhappy Hour guest fame <laughs> is also in it, but I and I didn't realize. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is. It's one of those shows that like has won every single award. Yeah. Um, and people kind of got angry at the fact that it won all of these awards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's good and I like it. Oh, that's great. I've also been watching on Amazon um, Modern Love. It's the anthology TV show based on the New York Times uh, Modern Love columns. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I think it's like an eight episode series. Every episode is like uh, an adaptation of one of the Modern Love stories. It's like fine. Yeah. It's kind of like some of them are a little too sappy. <laughs> Which is kind of like what I expected and in like, because that's how the modern love columns are. Yeah. They're always like, all right, it's like 900 words and I'm sobbing at the end of them, <laughs> but I'm into it. And they're, like every episode has like a major cast and all of these great people, Tina Fey, John Slattery in one episode. That's the episode I want to watch. Yeah. I just I love just, them together so much. It's like, yeah, it's fine. It's really nothing like too special, but it made me want to go back and I know... The New York Times published like a book of all of a lot of the greatest like modern love essays. So I bought that and I'm going to read it. I don't know. I just I'm a sucker for like sappy TV. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to like mindlessly watch something, uh, it's good. 
Anyway, what is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser, I'm going to do two, and they are both radio slash podcasts. So one is that Alex and I wake up to an actual radio alarm clock every morning. Wow. And we wake up to WFMU, uh, but they, you know, they're like on you can get them on your phone and stuff like that. Um, to the show from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. hosted by this guy Clay Pigeon. And at first, I was mad because I was like, "This That's is a shock a jock." Name. No, it's not. Um, and I was like, "This is like really obnoxious." And then he was like, "Are you listening to what this guy is saying?" And I was like, "No, I'm asleep." He was like, "Just listen." And it's like the most optimistic, positive, like you're going to start your day in the like almost motivational speaker kind of way and also great music and people call in and he has like these lovely conversations with them. He also does really weird sketches throughout the show. And I don't know, there's just it's it's an amazing radio show and I love waking up to it. And it ha- it's like made a difference in my mood and truly does make me happy. So, um, yeah, Clay Pigeon, uh, his show is called Wake and Bake um, nice. on WFMU. And I really love waking up to it. So that's one. And then the other one is a podcast, which is Dolly Parton's America. And it is so fucking good so far i just love her so much um and i did not grow up knowing really anything about her so um i've definitely i'm like a fairweather fan in the fan in the sense that i only really started listening to her in like college but wow what is this podcast it's so jad abenrod from radio lab my old boss um (laughs) uh, dolly parton's america is hosted by jad abenrod from radio lab and it's just like it's based on a couple interviews with her but then they like go into her background it's kind of asking the question of like why is dolly so popular for groups of people who typically hate each other, basically. It's yeah. like divided America, we all unite around Dolly, and it's kind of exploring that through her history and her fan base. Right. And it's it's great. I love it. Um, and they compare her songwriting skills to Mozart. And, <laughs> and like, they're not wrong. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are the things that I've been listening to uh, that have really been making me happy. What about you? What are you... What's your non-TV chaser? Dolly Parton did walk past me. What? At the SAG Awards once. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> yes. Wow. Um. Yeah. I don't know how she can... I know this is a very, like, my dad thing to say, but, like, how can she stand straight? <laughs> I don't understand how she just doesn't fall over. Her waist is so small, <laughs> and her top is so big. <laughs> anyway. Well, thanks for <laughs> ruining that. <laughs> I her her she has the body shape of a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah, she does. Anyway, my non-TV chaser is uh something I got to work on uh, that I posted on Instagram this week. I got to work with a company called Omaze and they do um it's hard to describe. They they're a company they secure these like prizes and then they work with people like me to help promote them. And they have this prize that is a week-long trip to French wine country. Ooh. And the winner, it's the winner and three friends will get flown out to uh, a few cities in France. And you get put up at four-star hotels. And, like, there's all these, th- like, guided tours and, um, like, a driver who takes you everywhere. And so it's, like, a fundraiser. Uh, and all of the money goes to a charity that I chose, which is the Trevor Project. Awesome. Um, which helps LGBTQ youth and has like suicide prevention services, crisis intervention. So yeah, you can go to omaze.com slash wine and enter to win. 
And yeah, help raise money for the Trevor Project. Beautiful. I do not get to go on this trip with the winner, but um, you get to go and drink a bunch of wine in France. So yeah, help raise money and maybe go to France. Woo! it for this week's Unhappy Hour. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Janelle Anderson, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansel Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Today's episode was brought to you by Mercari. Mercari is the selling app that makes it fast and easy to sell almost anything. You just take a few pics, add a description, and boom, your item is listed. With buyers in all 50 states, stuff really sells. And everything ships easily, so there are never any awkward meetups. You can find Mercari on the App Store or on Mercari.com. That's Mercari, M-E-R-C-A-R-I.